0: Hi, this is Mark Wasserman. Welcome to the Skaboom podcast, which is the audio companion to my forthcoming book Skaboom: An American Ska and Reggae Oral History, which will be published later this year. The roots of American ska can be traced to the growing popularity of Jamaican reggae that started with the release of the Harder They Come film and soundtrack album in 1972. Bob Marley and the Wailers album Catch a Fire in 1973. And a few years later, the explosion of two-tone and British new wave reggae that made its way here beginning in 1978
1: and 1979.
0: As reggae became part of the musical landscape, more established white rock and new wave artists began to experiment with it, soon direct musical influences. Like dub effects, reggae styled guitar and keyboard rhythms, and missing drum beats and side stick also began to find their way into popular music. As more non reggae artists began to appropriate the sound of reggae and white audiences responded, this new Regatta de Blanc, as the police called their second album, received a less than flattering name Cod Reggae. It's a harsh but efficient way of describing reggae music reconfigured for a mass audience. This is the first episode of I Don't Like Reggae, I Love It, a special audio series I'm doing on the historical origins and impact of cod reggae on popular music that will explore the socio political, cultural, and racial implications of its development. The series' title is taken from the 10cc song, Dreadlock Holiday, which is one of the more controversial Cod Reggae songs that I'll look into. Cod Reggae has existed for as long as reggae itself. In fact, before the advent of reggae, which was preceded by Calypso and Mento, there were some terribly ill-conceived Cod, Calypso, and Mento records, during the 50s and early 60s. Before we get started, what is cod reggae? The meaning of the word cod is thought to have originated in the 19th century and is almost exclusively a British term. Cod, in the sense of joke, hoax, leg pull, appears in the early 20th century and features in James Joyce's Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, quote, some fellows had drawn it there for a cod, unquote. Cod also function as an adjective. Bernard Sher's Slanguage quotes a politician on Irish TV News saying, that's a cod argument, everyone knew what they were voting for. So, by definition, cod reggae means faux, joke, or nonsense reggae. Given its etymology, cod reggae would seem to have some, but not all of its historical roots with the arrival of a wave of West Indian immigrants to England as part of the Windrush generation in the 50s.
1: Thousands of people are asking me How I spend my time in London City Thousands of people are asking me I must spend my time in London City? Well, that is a question I cannot answer.
0: Caribbean immigrants brought their culture and music with them to Britain. And as Caribbean culture became incorporated into British culture, the sounds of mento, calypso, ska, rock steady and reggae became more common. It wasn't very long before young British teens who were living next door to and befriending West Indian teens would also become fans of the music and then try to replicate it themselves.
1: Another thing that me is the food control in London City.
0: So what does Cod Reggae sound like? Here I think we need to refer back to the famous 1964 Supreme Court definition of pornography when Justice Potter Stewart said, I know it when I see it. Or in the case of Cod Reggae, I know it when I hear it. Ultimately, I think what defines Cod Reggae is a question of inauthenticity versus innovation, as well as a passion for and a love of the music versus turning it into a novelty. I think it's ultimately up to the individual listener to decide which side the coin lands on for each song. That's what makes the Cod Reggae debate game fun and also awkward and uncomfortable. To be clear, some of my all-time favorite reggae songs, Mother and Child Reunion by Paul Simon, and Guns of Brixton by The Clash, are fantastic examples of reggae reconfigured for a mass audience. Both utilize elements of what makes reggae reggae, and they pay respect to its sonic construction. And let's be clear, key post-punk bands like The Slits Bauhaus, The Clash, and PIL made innovative punk reggae. I'm reluctant to call it cod reggae, but for the purpose of this argument, it technically qualifies because the musicians playing it weren't technically skilled or experienced enough to accurately imitate Jamaican reggae. But there's nothing wrong with that. And the creativity of mixing punk rock and goth with reggae gave us iconic songs that have ended up standing the test of time. Here's one of my favorites. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
1: The Lugus is dead. The bats have left the bell tower. The victims how been bled that and velveted. Lies the black box. Belle Lugus is dead.
0: On the other hand, bad cod novelty reggae is really bad. Have a quick listen to this monstrosity from Brian Adams that he recorded in 1984. I guess the question I'm looking to answer with this series is how Cod Reggae remains popular. It's not like real, authentic reggae hasn't been available to listeners. Althea and Donna hit number one in the UK in 1977 with Uptown Top Ranking, but nothing has captured the imagination of the British and, to a lesser extent, American public quite like a Cod Reggae song. Remember when Snow hit number one on the U.S. Billboard charts for seven weeks in 1992 with Informer?
1: around looking for you the other day i say that i
0: it would seem that the larger general public seems to prefer its reggae served as a fillet of cod and with that Let's dig into the story of how this all started with calypso music. Calypso is a style of African Caribbean music that originated with African slaves brought to Trinidad and Tobago during the early 17th century to toil on sugar plantations. Over time, calypso evolved from a secretive way for slaves to communicate into a way to spread news and later a way to push the boundaries of free speech. The first Calypso stars became popular in the late 1930s, and by the late 1950s, a toned-down commercial version became popular worldwide with the Banana Boat song by Harry Belafonte, which was technically a traditional Jamaican folk song known as Mento. It sold more than a million copies and made Belafonte a star. But it also unleashed a copycat craze of commercial calypso music from Broadway and Hollywood and combined elements of both calypso and mento with white singers attempting wince-inducing West Indian patois. As Calypso became the new hip thing, actors and celebrities jumped on the bandwagon. Robert Mitchum recorded one of the first Cod Calypso albums, Calypso is Like So, in
1: 1957. (laughs) ¶¶ I wonder why nobody don't like me. Oh, is it the fact that I'm ugly? I wonder why nobody don't like me. Oh, is it the fact that I'm ugly? I leave my own house and go. My children don't want me no more. Joke about my face and everything. And when I talk, they start to sing. Mama, look at Boo Boo. They shout. They mother told them, shut up, you mouth. That is your daddy. Oh, no.
0: As far as the growth of Calypso and then early Jamaican music in England, we turn to Lord Kitchener. He was born in Trinidad, and as his popularity grew, he toured Jamaica and then traveled to England on the Empire Windrush. Upon his arrival, he performed and recorded London is the place for me, which expressed the initial hope that West Indians felt on arrival in England.
1: place for me, London, this lovely city, you can go to France or America, India, Asia or Australia, but you must come back to London City, well believe me, I am speaking broad-mindedly, Country. I've been traveling to countries years ago, but this the place I wanted to know. London, the, place
0: the song was a hit and inspired one of the first British COD Calypso songs, the novelty track Gossip Calypso, by the British actor and comic Bernard Cribbins in 1962.
1: Gossip Calypso, gossip Calypso, hear all about it, yak-a-yak-yak. Every woman up at the window giving out the gossip and getting it
0: back. Oh, Mrs. Brown, well, how are you now? I tell you, I've had a shocking time with an any stomach. Don't talk to me. My Charlie has gone and fallen down the stairs
1: again. Saints preserve us, poor old chap. Did he hurt himself? Well, not as much as Alf. That's my cousin Fred's boy. I learned from Fred, the doctor said. He'll have to have his kneecap straight. Gold time is singing gossip. Calypso gossip. Calypso we're all about it yak, yak, yak. Every woman up at the window giving out the gossip and getting it back
0: oh, When Jamaica received independence in 1962 it opened the door for ska and Jamaica soon became a creative hothouse for an exuberant new music that filtered its way back to England and America, where the cod reggae phenomena began to take shape. The founding of the Trojan record label in the UK in 1968 also helped to further popularize ska, rocksteady, and reggae, and just a few years later, the sound of reggae was becoming a more common staple of the UK charts. During this series, I'll be taking a deep dive into well-known and obscure Cod reggae tracks, including Obladi Oblada by The Beatles, which could be considered one of the first Cod reggae tracks, as well as Dreadlock Holiday by 10CC, Redondo Beach by Patti Smith, Fela Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus, Peaches by The Stranglers, and more. If you've listened and received some value from this episode, then please help support the podcast for as little as $3 per month on Patreon supporters get access to exclusive content like special episodes of this series and advanced promo chapters from the book. Thank you and take care.